I'm milling about with Sam Harris, who is the star of Ham, a musical memoir, and we're backstage at Theater 511 at Ars Nova. Hi. Hi. Oh, I love you. You've got so much energy. It's great. <laughs> Tell me about this little backstage area. It's nice and cozy. It's freezing. Oh, it's not freezing in here. I'm a little toasty. But it is freezing outside. You're thawing, though. I can see you're thawing. That's a good thing. Yes, I'm thawing out. Yeah, you can see on my dressing room door there is a a pig on my dressing room door, which is apt because it's ham. (laughs) (laughs) How did you come up with this title? Why ham? Are you a pig person? No, it's because I am a ham. Uh, I have a a book that Simon & Schuster uh, published last year, in 2014, that is called Ham, Slices of a Life. It's a collection of essays and stories. And um, so when it started to develop into a show, then we changed it from slices of a life to ham a musical memoir because you know it's my story (laughs) so when did you realize that you were a ham i mean how how early on in your life well if i've embraced the term it's not typically something one wants to be called (laughs) but i i've always loved performing and from my earliest memories you know when i was really really little and uh, i think my first public performance was when i was three i sang the star spangled banner at a football game because my dad was the band director and um i just started doing plays and then writing and forcing all the kids to be in my productions and 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 convinced all my teachers to let me do my own shows not the school shows like extra shows and uh you know, get all the classroom kids and we would rehearse around the clock and it was just everything to me. It was my it was my joy, it was my expression, it was my coping mechanism, being a little bit of a different kind of a kid growing up in rural Baptist South. I don't think I ever heard of the town that you grew up in. Where is that exactly? You would have no, no reason to hear of it. It was called Sand Springs and it was uh, right outside of Tulsa. Um, you know... Bible Belt, the buckle, the buckle of the Bible Belt, uh, you know, blue collar. And uh, it was, a, a, in many ways, it was a great place to grow up because it was, you know, safe and wonderful and, and lots of neighborhood kids and the woods across the street. And But on the other hand, for a, a little burgeoning gay show business kid, it was a little freaky, especially in the time. I mean, we're talking about, you know, I was born in the early 60s. So so when when you were performing as a kid, you had no idea that what your sexuality was when you were a little kid, or did you? I don't think you know it in terms of sexuality, but you know it in terms of feeling different. And I think, I mean, my son is six years old, and he's very gender aware and very specific about what boys he thinks boys should like and what girls should like you know and and you know they're already kissing and pretending to get married and have girlfriends and boyfriends and they're six years old so uh, there's there's something about it that you just know is intrinsically not natural you know even though it's not in terms of sexuality for another five or six years now, I can imagine, Sam, when, the, when you wrote the, the book, that it was very cathartic for you. So how is it now performing it on stage? Well, it is cathartic. And it's interesting because, you know, as an actor, when you're playing a character that someone else wrote, you're playing a character and you're imbuing your experience 
to bring to life that character, to give it some authenticity. And you use different ideas and substitutions and your own experience. And in this case, it's me. It's my life. It's my stuff. So it's all pretty right there. You know, it's a different kind of experience performing it nightly. And, and a lot of the show, as you know, as you saw, is great fun and some silliness and uh, musical. And uh, and then part of it is is uh, not so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a mouthful. But I mean, when you when you were deciding to put this into music from the book, how did you know what to leave out? Because I know there are certain things like you don't you don't discuss turning sober in the right. musical and things like that. Well, I think that there's a sort of a rule. Becoming sober. You don't yes. turn sober. By the way, today is my 11th sober birthday. Yay, happy birthday. Thank you very much. It's really a good thing for everyone. <laughs> um, Do you get a cake every, every time? Do you I get not this year, but um, I usually go get a cake. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's everything. It's, I'm a very grateful person. It's, uh, I don't think I would be around if I hadn't gotten sober. I, that's not a part of the show. There's a, you know, with a, with a, with a one-person show, we didn't want it to be two acts. We wanted it to be 90 minutes, and you can't do everything, and you can't say everything. And also, the, the last thing I wanted to do was sort of toss it in there, like, oh, another person in show business who's an addict. I mean, it's... You know what I mean? And so... Or oink, oink. Exactly, or <laughs> oink, oink. And so, without giving it the, the, the depth that it deserves... I chose not to put that as part of this. That doesn't mean that we don't speak of other demons. There's lots of demons in the show. And, uh, but you know, isn't it funny that I think all art, all things created come from, they generally don't come from the, the super happy. <laughs> isn't that true? I know, I know. You have to be a little depressed to be a good well, artist. You have to be exorcising something. You have to be putting it out there. And even with things that weren't so great in my life, finding the humor in them, finding the twist in them, and for me, visualizing them, you know, what I did all through growing up is when something horrible was happening, I always pretended it was a movie. I always saw the shot. I mean, at tragic moments in my life, I would see the shot. I would see the, the, the camera panning in and I would, or I would think, and this is kind of creepy, oh, I have to remember this feeling for later. I have to remember this feeling for on stage. When I was really little. And then there were certain things that came up that the depths were so deep that I couldn't remembered that i wouldn't be like oh i can't you know it, it was too much those were the real turning points have your are your parents still with us they are with us and my mom is flying in next week to see the show which is great um and uh you know it's interesting when you write a book and then do a show that involves your family um it's really tricky but i was advised with the book not to let anyone uh, well, that's, I let some friends read it and some people who were in it read it, but I didn't let my parents read it until um, the, the, the pre-copy. The no, galley. The galleys. Okay. So they would know that this was in, it was something tangible. And that way I wasn't going to go back and edit and change things. And I'm like, you know, this is it, kids. But they were so great. Aww. They were so great. That's great. What, what about uh, your dad? I mean, how, is, how does he feel about all, even in the book? He said, he goes, well, it's, you wrote the truth. Yeah. And uh, in the show, there's an arc of my father. 
as is in the book. Um, and he's like this amazing person. You know, he was a little crusty and didn't get a lot of stuff. Uh, he just wanted me to be happy, and he saw that I was different. And I think it, uh, he didn't know what to do with that information. There was always sort of this blessing and curse sort of thing. Because they were very supportive of my passion. Of my, you know, I left home when I was 15 years old. You don't do that unless your parents give you the blessing, unless you're running away. Um, they know that I needed to go out and do what I do. Yeah, you really, you really had no choice in the matter. Not really, no. Yeah. I had to go. Yeah. So how did you come to, to work with Billy Porter? How did all that happen? Well, Billy and I have known each other for hundreds of years. Um, we did Grease together on Broadway. No. Yes. What were the roles? Who played who? I, he played the Teen Angel, and I played Duty, and we both had these freaky arrangements of songs that just were skyrocketing, because both of us are what we call extreme singers, <laughs> or were. You've got to stand really far away from the microphone. <laughs> um, and uh, we shared a dressing room, and uh, we became friends, and he was also a Star Search winner. No. Yes, I watched Star Search. I don't remember. Well, it was probably about, I don't know, five or six years after me, maybe more. Um, you know, he's an amazing talent and, and a, a great visionary. And so when this came up, and Susie Dietz, who's one of the two producers, she and Elaine Krause, when they came forward and said, let's turn this, let's really expand this. And she brought up Billy, which I thought was a great idea, because he's musical, he's smart, he's a writer, we have a lot of similar story. Um, we, he gets it. And he's, uh, he's just, he's, he's collaborative. He's got great ideas. He, I trust him. You know, we had a lot to sift through and tear apart. And he was just, he's really wonderful. And he, I'm so happy for him. He's in a great place in his life. And it's what it's, I've always known he was a Renaissance man, you know? And so it was great because we're both people who, because we always sang powerfully and had these kinds of voices, a lot of people wanted to pigeonhole both of us and say, that's what you do. Why would you do anything else? And both of us were like, no, I'm an actor. No, I'm a writer. No, I'm a director. You know, uh, and so we understood that about each other, too. And he's just great. He's wonderful. So I have to ask you, did he win Star yes, Search? he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Of course he won. What kind of a question is that? <laughs> you know what's really ironic is Ed McMahon does the intro to this show. He says, here's Robin. Really? You'll hear it. Oh, good. <laughs> That's funny. It's very funny. That's a legacy that you will absolutely never live down. And are you okay with that? Yeah, there was a period that I wasn't. Yeah. Um, because I was doing so many more things, you know. But I'm grateful for it. And it was something very special in a very special time. And it gave me a great platform. And it sent me in the direction of my life. You know, it was great. I mean, there was a period, you know, I was like, enough already. I've been, you know, I'm starring on Broadway. I'm on a TV series. I'm selling records. I'm doing all this other stuff. Like, that's not. But you know what? It is the first thing that came up. And it is my heart. And it was an extraordinary experience. So I embrace it and I'm grateful. And of course, it's a chapter in your life. So it's in the musical as well. Yes, it is. It's in the show. Um, and by the way, it wasn't in the first version. It was sort of mentioned and 
But Billy said, we have got to honor this. He said, this was a big deal, Sam. This was the beginning. This was, and I'm like, uh, not, well, yeah. And he said, no, we have to do this. So we put in a whole section that's got a medley of songs that I did from it with this narrative going around it from, from my mentor who talks about what it was happening and what was happening in the country and what was happening with the show. And um, it serves a real great piece in the show now. I was a kind of like, I didn't think it was important enough. And Billy was like, yes, it's important. So who else has seen the show, like uh, entertainers that you've, you've worked with over the years? Um, well, I've had a lot of broad, Broadway friends come in that I've done Broadway shows with. And, um, uh, gee, I don't know. I feel like I'm uh, my, 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 one of my dearest friends, Bridget Moynihan, who's a wonderful actress and like the most beautiful woman on the earth. Um, she was here. Um, Frank Langella's coming tonight, who is a brilliant actor and a very close friend. And who is the one who inspired me to write the book, by the way? How so? Because of his book that he He'd wrote? a book, and, and he had read a few little essays and things, and he said, Sam, you need to be writing. You need to be writing, and you need to be writing without expectation of what it's supposed to be. Just write. And I started writing, like, in April of 2013. Had enough pages amassed by June or July. Got a literary agent in August. Sold it to Simon & Schuster in September. And then it was... No, it was no, it was the year before that because it takes a year to do all the, uh, you know, editing and publishing. But yeah, Frank was the one who said, "Go, do it. You need to be doing this." And he names names in his book too. Yeah, he doesn't hold back. His book is based on that. It's called Dropped Names. <laughs> he does. He's a wonderful writer, and he's a a dear friend and so extraordinarily gifted and really understands the essence of the craft. So uh, I'm, I'm proud to call him my friend. He's a lovely man. I had the opportunity to meet him on several occasions. He looks, you look great, by the way. I'm look, you, you look exactly the same. Well, hardly, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what is your secret? Share. Well, thank you, first of all. Yes. Um, I'm happy. You know, I have a great life. And I have a great relationship, a great husband, a child who is the center of my world. And it's exhausting. <laughs> it's so exhausting. You know, it's interesting. I'm here to work in this show. You saw it. It takes my everything. It takes my all. When I'm doing this for a longer run, I know it will be more in my body and I'll be able to have lunch with someone once in a while. But right now, it's, it's, it takes everything I have for these to, to do this. And I'm not with my boy, you know, they live in, we live in Los Angeles and this is the longest time I've not seen my son and it's killing me, but we FaceTime every night. But on the other hand, if he were here right now, you know, they don't understand, children don't understand voice rest or like, could you get me in some more honey? Cause like, it's, there's not enough humidity. They don't understand that. <laughs> so it's probably best, but I, oh, I miss him so much. Both of them. There are so many poignant moments in the show that I even got a little teary-eyed. So how do you not get teary-eyed when you're doing them? Or maybe you, you do. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't not. <laughs> you know, I'm telling personal stories, and they are, they, uh, they're deep for me. You know, and they're funny for me. And they're all the things that a life is, all of us. You know, this show is specific to me in my life and career and personal life. But I don't think there's anybody who doesn't feel outside. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't need to be told, you know, you're enough. Mm -hmm. 
And ultimately, you know, people, so many of us in this business of show, um, actually Frank, Frank told me this and I put it in my book. He said, so many of us who are in approval driven professions are, have the first kiss syndrome, which is that when we were very young, we were kissed by our fathers once we were metaphorically kissed you're wonderful you are something and then we spend the rest of our lives trying to get the second kiss from friends from audiences from lovers and that there's this need for this please accept all of me please you know and it's it's a driving force that creates a lot of art and a lot of great people out there trying to do something but there's something under it i think and at this point in my life I love what I do and what I get to do. And I'm so, so lucky to be surrounded by the extraordinary talent that I am surrounded with. Todd Schroeder, my piano guy. Oh, yes, let's mention him. Brilliant collaborator on the show, a big part of the show, a genius on the keyboard. We've worked together for 20, more than 20 years. Um, and he's a breath for me. He's a, you know, Billy I have a relationship with. So this is a family event. So, but my point was, as much as I love doing this, my life is my family and my son. You know, this is what I do. And it is who I am, but it doesn't have to define all that anymore. Do you know what I mean? So maybe your next memoir or show should be called The First Kiss. Uh, maybe so. Or maybe I want credit. It should be called The Second Kiss, because that's what happened. The, the, um, the question I want to know now is, do people on social media reach out to you and say thank you so much for sharing and that sort of thing because we can do that now you know that is you're right that is so amazing um you know in the olden days there used to be fan mail <laughs> and nobody nobody writes real letters anymore but it it's amazing through social media and facebook and things the messages that you get because um you know I wouldn't ever say I would be so lofty as to say that I'm writing something or doing something that is for the purpose of affecting someone uh, but the truth is, anything that any of us put out in the world, be it simply our energy when we go to work or walk down the street or go to the market, whatever you invent, whatever you put in the world, it affects people. It affects them positively or negatively, deeply or not, <laughs> but it affects people. And that's one of the great gifts of what I get to do is... Um, you get to hear a response that somebody says, oh, that moved me, or I relate to that, or I had the same kind of experience. But when you, I think when you share something, when anyone shares something, and someone relates to it, or shares back, you know, it's like my alcoholism. I got sober with the help of alcoholics. I got sober with the people who have been through what I've been through. So they could say, you're not alone, and you don't have to try this road by yourself. Somebody who's not an alcoholic may be an expert in alcoholism, but they're not going to understand it in the same way. If something in my experience has also someone else relates to, not even specifically, and I'm standing, then they, they can stand too, and vice versa. It's kind of like the essence of why we're here, really, isn't it? Be a part of humanity and try to touch other people and allow yourself to be touched by others. And I mean that in the most appropriate way, of course. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> Sam Harris, thank you, Ham, a musical memoir, now playing at Theater 511, Ars Nova. It was a pleasure. Such a pleasure, Robin. Thank you so much. 
Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.